Right, let's holly hop. Engage drive, drive engaged. Initiating ignition sequence, ignition sequence initiated. So, what is it? So what is it? So what is it? The Red Wolf Podcast! Welcome, welcome, welcome. So... What is it? It's a Red Dwarf podcast. That's right. That's right. It is. You, you, you answered correctly, which is good because we've got a quiz coming up later. So um, I might give you an extra point. This is the the final final episode of series two. I mean, it's easy. To, can you believe it? We're another, another six weeks gone. Um, all those questions we talked about six weeks ago probably answered. Maybe some more asked. I don't know. So. This episode, Parallel Universe. It's a corker, wasn't it? Wasn't it, Dan, a corker? I enjoyed it. It didn't pop as many corks for me as last week, Ooh. but I did enjoy it. Well, when we're comparing it to your, your favourite, uh, it's always going to feel a little bit of a letdown, I suppose. It's a corker, though, wasn't it, Matt? Um, I don't believe that I enjoyed it anywhere near as much as I thought I was going to, and I was severely disappointed after the the greatness that was episode five but there were things that i liked about it well i'm glad there were things you liked about it um it's a little bit disappointing to hear this negativity um but i'll go over to matty it was a corker wasn't it matty <laughs> i go yeah you know what you're doing there. i was not a fan of this episode <laughs> oh dear oh dear oh dear oh dear i did not enjoy this episode i would love to say that i did but i didn't <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. I mean, are, are, we, are you seriously saying you didn't enjoy it or you didn't enjoy it as much as some previous ones? No, I genuinely didn't. It's controversial. I didn't actually enjoy this episode, I don't think. It was one of those where I was just like, can this one be over now? What, at all? At all? Oh dear. <gasps> it just, it felt to me like it just kind of kept, like, to me, this is my opinion. I um, What I wrote down about it, we always say, um, each episode which jokes didn't land which jokes didn't we like to me it felt like a mashup of all the jokes that didn't work <laughs> because so I mean feel. we don't usually discuss beforehand whether we like stuff or not we, we try to uh, um, get together don't we and, and just uh, talk about this and, and but because I was collating some information for a wrap up episode Matty let slip that he really didn't enjoy it. And I, I what do you mean you didn't, didn't enjoy it? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> well, because to me, I don't think it was the best of the series, but but there's not that much in between the episodes that made me think, yeah, that was really bad and I didn't enjoy it. So so it's, it's sort of interesting to to fathom out for me, because remember, I did make the statement, there are no episodes you won't enjoy for quite a while. And you you're did. letting me down. Yeah, you did. You did say that. I mean, I, I, I think well, before when I said the most like, random that I said all the time, I think in this t this on this episode, I will use the phrase convoluted a lot of the time. Convoluted. Are you sure you watched the right thing? It was Red Dwarf you were watching, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. No, this was the episode. Um, I did. Do you know, when it, the way it opened up, I did 
Stop it. Go back on Netflix. Double check that I was watching the right episode. Actually, you know what? That's ex- <laughs> when the way it, the way it started. That is exactly what I did. Yeah. I, because it didn't have the. I mean, for one thing, it starts with greatness. No, that. But hang on a second. <laughs> I, I hadn't commented on that. The song was one of the things I absolutely loved about oh, it. Good. Oh, good. I glad. really. I was, what, I really laughed, and it and for me, it set a really well. Unfortunately, a very high. It set a really high bar that I don't think the rest of the episode lived up to. I'm what I'm going to do, Matt, songs. I'm going to go to Matty first, then, because let's see if we can get something funny from him. And I know you've got several things, so let me get let me try and get something that Matty did like. And then once he's out of the way, we don't need to talk to him anymore for the rest of this <laughs> podcast. And we can just chat about all the good stuff between the, the, uh, the pair of you. <gasps> I think he's taking it really personally, Matty. He really has, hasn't he? <laughs> We're on dangerous territory. Go on, go on Matty. Go on, Matty. Stop coming. I mean, th- there must have been a joke you liked in the episode. <laughs> no, you're making it sound like I absolutely despised it and... Like things like well, that. You, you said you didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't despise it as much as you. Oh, I didn't was... use the word despise. You're using the word despise. <laughs> I'm asking you for something positive from the episode. <laughs> okay, you've made the poor boy hysterical now. <laughs> Matt's in full defensive mode now. This is brilliant. I'm, um... I'm not defensive. I'm asking you for something you like from the episode. It's a fairly straightforward question. That's not defensive. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Right, so... The, a bit that I enjoyed that made me laugh um, was um, Holly saying probably they invented this machine and it turned out just to be a box with stop and go in his description of stop and go. That that that, that made me chuckle. <laughs> I mean the Holly Hop Drive. The Holly That's Hop it, drive. the Holly Hop Drive. Good, I'm glad you like the Holly Hop Drive. Dan, come on, cheer us up. <laughs> oh, look, I, I, look, before, I know we'll get to the, to the rankings later on, but, you know, I found it was a lot harder in this series than it was in the first series because yeah. I think the standard had all raised and actually to call any of these my sixth favourite or most worst of this series was really, really tough and feels like an injustice. But anyway, look, what a bloody opening to an episode. Mm. Tongue-tied, absolute, absolutely brilliant. I mean, for me, the only the only thing I didn't like was the fact that it was, it was a, a song track dubbed as opposed to sung live, but I get they were dancing around. And I can't dance or sing, so you know they can't do it all at the it same was, time. It was that the it was the eighties. Everything was lip synced. This is this is true. It also, um, you know, I like well, I, f- would, I wouldn't have trusted Chris Barry and uh, Craig Charles to sing live. I, I imagine. To be honest, they didn't have to do a tremendous amount, but Danny John Jules did sing it. Yes, he did. Um, he did. I double checked. It was released as a single, wasn't it? Later on, a few years later, yeah, I had the CD single of it. Of course, of course you did. Of course you did. Well, do you know what? You've just all trod over my fact of the week, so screw the lot of you. Well, I was going to, I was going to ask you, where did it get to in the end? I knew you'd have that fact. I don't actually know how far it went. So-called fact corner. I will, I will find out. I will find out. Okay, we'll send you off. You go find it out, and we'll carry on talking about the episode. One of my favourite bits in the song, because what I liked was it wasn't, they didn't just do the, a little bit of it and say, oh, and there's this song. They committed. They played the whole two and a half, three minutes of the song. It had it had a chorus, it had a bridge, everything in it. One of my favourite bits was uh, those two that, no, I wouldn't trust them to sing either. Backing singers, flippity, flippity, flop. 
and uh, in complete with hand movements. I absolutely belly laughed at yeah. that. And well, there's I'll... also Huey, Huey, Huey. <laughs> and Noo, 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 It was all good. It was all good. It was a belter of an opening. Um, look, I would agree to a very limited extent with what Matty said. It's a very high bar. And, you know, I won't pretend, um, even for Matt's benefit, that this was my favourite episode in the season. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, but... I thought that was a brilliant opening and, and I thought it had some good stuff. There was there were more. I found it easier with this episode to pick bits that I thought didn't quite work, but they were still very much in the minority. But what an opening. But clearly, Matt, you, there was singing. You, you must have views. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I, um, the, the singing was not a rem, remotely a problem for me. Yes, it kind of threw me a bit off kilter when the episode started like that. And I was thinking, right, but the song was familiar. I had definitely heard it before. Mm. And I had did spend the rest of that day, and certainly while I was cooking dinner that evening, singing away tongue-tied in my head. And it's it's been quite an earworm over the last few days. But, but give, us an, give us another joke that you uh, thought was the standout for you then, Matt. Oh, yeah. Um, when they do the, the supposed transfer and not think that the Earth and the solar system has gone... And Rimmer says, we haven't bugged a smegging inch. And Holly says, <laughs> Holly says, I flamingoed up. It's like a cock up, but worse. <laughs> I really love that. And I thought, I'm going to say that. I'm, I'm going to say that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. I agree with you I, I liked that he had to disappear. So, hang on, hang on. Matty, I don't think we gave you permission to speak again. Oh, so, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Oh, hang on. <laughs> He's just that he liked something. Stop being no, mean. No. <laughs> I was just about to say that also Tongue Tied reached number 17 in the charts, by the way. But oh, do you know what? You. Did it reach number... Did it get that high? Went to number 17 yeah. in the UK charts. When? Must have been a tough week. 93, was 90, it? 1993. Cool. Sorry, Dan, uh, say what you were saying again. I was just going to say, just before uh, he he realises he's flamingoed up, the the idea that he has to... Um, you know, when Holly goes to check out the window whether he can see <laughs> yeah. the earth. Sorry, I was looking out the wrong window. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Well, no, there were some really good Holly bits, which we'll get into, I'm sure, but... Um, oh, definitely. Was... I mean, uh, I mean, if I could take my turn, I'm, I'm just choosing which, which one of the many great lines in this episode <laughs> I want to, to choose. I don't know, for some reason, I really like the line, I, I remember betting you I could climb the disco walls using only my lips. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, that's later when they, they, they wake when up, they drug, when yeah, they're hungover, over. yeah. yeah. So, um, ob- obviously, <clears throat> when Matty says it's uh, convoluted, I, I mean, I, I don't see it as convoluted, but there was a lot of time spent on the theme of the week, obviously, which is quite apparent. Um but obviously 31 years on, I was sitting there trying to figure out how bad rampant sexism was in the 80s compared to now, how far we've moved on since then and how relevant it still is. Well, I th- Anyone, anyone I, want to offer something there? I think the fact is that they are referring to it in that, in that way distinguishes the 80s from the 70s which were very sexist in the portrayal in, in comedy, you know, with smut and ah, 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 oh, you are saucy, you know, kind of thing, compared to the 80s, which were a lot more 
sort of alternative and the fact that those um themes are being discussed the, the gender stereotypes and the re- the role reversals and mm. the general views of the opposite sex show that that certainly towards the the latter part of the 80s it was a lot more progressive and i don't know if either if anybody here is is old enough matty certainly isn't on the two ronnies when they used to have their series they used to have a sort of running mystery program in each episode of the two ronnies yeah. Uh, over a series and they did one episode called the they did one sort of theme called the worm has turned and it was basically the men looked like men but had to wear dresses and the, and the the women wore men's clothes and behaved like men did jobs and the the the, the men wearing women's clothes had to stay home and cook cook and and clean and stuff like that and it really reminded me of that Mm. The whole kind of um, the mm. Arlene and Debbie, Holly and um, excuse me, Rimmer and Lister alternatives. It re- really reminded me of that. Mm, that's what you mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I was trying to think. I mean, obviously, it was a a subject that was, um, you know, people were well aware of. I mean, obviously, the feminism movement was much earlier than the eighties. But yeah, I mean, uh, growing up, I mean, I, we still regularly watched Benny Hill and carry on films uh, and all that sort of thing so those things were still in our faces about um women being sexualized and stuff and you know there's, a, there's we're not going to solve anything on this podcast we haven't got time to talk about what's right and what's wrong how we should treat each other but clearly in the 80s we weren't there and clearly the fact that this stuff is still happening now we're, we're not here now so it felt it felt in your face and obvious mm-hmm. um now and there were plenty of uncomfortable scenes. I mean, we've literally got Arlene grabbing, grabbing Rimmer's ass and breast, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, it's done in a jokey way, but that obviously is pretty serious. I mean, she's sticking her tongue down, <laughs> down his ear and tr- into, trying to get into his mouth against his wishes. I mean, it's. it's it's pretty uncomfortable, I think. Really, I don't know if, what it would have felt like back then. I mean, I watched, I watched this loads and loads when I was younger. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was, it was quite uh, close to the bone. It really was, yeah. It was uncomfortable. I, I, I suspect that uh, when I first watched it as a teenager, I would have just laughed at the ridic- at how funny it was that she was yeah, grabbing yeah. him and sticking her tongue places and everything else. And I and I suspect the finer point about gender politics would have utterly passed me by. Um, but then perhaps... What do you mean? We, a... we were progressive teenagers, Dan. I well, I was going well. to say, perhaps I was just so enlightened <laughs> that I, I saw it for ridiculous and, and wouldn't tolerate it from any gender towards any other gender. Um, I suspect I just laughed. Um, but uh, but the, perhaps the lesson wasn't aimed at me because, uh, because I'm so enlightened. But... I, look, with the with the passage of thirty years, it, it felt laid on quite thick. But at the same time, they weren't attempting to make the point through through nuance or subtlety, because neither the character Rimmer nor Lister are particularly nuanced or subtle in these sorts of ways. So it, it didn't it didn't have to. And I thought that they needed to behave in the way that they did to make Lister and Rimmer stop and realise what was happening. Yeah, I mean, but Lister is not really chauvinistic. It was kind of showing him to be sort of kind of disgusting. Rimmer is obviously very chauvinistic. And that's why I think Arlene's character was so, I think, over the top. Oh, yes. Totty, totty, totty. But you have that set up, don't you, at the start? 
you know, Rimmer clearly has no idea about how to interact with women. No. It's about conquest. It's about tricking them. It's about flicking them with the mesmer stare. One of my favourite lines. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, chat up lines, all this kind of stuff. And actually, in the 21st century, the idea of, uh, the idea of you know, uh, pickup artists and stuff doesn't seem to have gone away. Fairly, okay, fair enough. It's on the fairly toxic fringes of the internet. But, you know, that on steroids is, is still a thing. But, you know, that set up her character because his character is just so utterly inept with, with, with women. Wouldn't have thought of having a conversation with one. You've got to somehow trick them or wait for them to be concussed. Or hypnotise them like he did with Lorraine with the artificial nose. That's it. I mean, it's come up a couple of times, hasn't it, during the series about, you know, the, the concussed um, encounter he had before and hypnotising them and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it, it's always been there. And, you know, when the characters don't change all the time, I hope, I hope they do sort of change a little bit after this, after they're making the point in this episode. But, I mean, ironically, one of my favourite lines um, is the, the Holly... Hilly meeting. Hello, I'm Hilly. Hello, I'm Holly. Hello, Holly. Hello, Hilly. Yeah. And when she disappears. I'm in there. I'm Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I've that's put that. That's hilarious. But that's, you know, I mean, I mean, this is one of the things, uh, talking about us as teenagers, Dad, that was the sort of thing we said, probably based on this, you know, whenever a girl actually spoke to us, yeah, I'm in there. <laughs> but in that case, though, Holly actually... <laughs> Holly actually was in there because of all the make all the lipstick and stuff that he he had. Oh, he was. Yeah, yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Can I just say when I saw Hilly, I kind of squealed. Um, I'm not going to say why because I don't think I should. Spoilers. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Um, but um, I was, <laughs> which I'm spoiled. Um, yeah, I was like, oh my god, kind of thing. I um, yeah. She was great there, wasn't she? Yeah. It's really good, and I I, I love her. Um, what do you think of Matty? Let's let, let's have Matty, Matty be nice and quiet. What do, <laughs> what did you think of Hilly, Matty? The computer, yeah, the the female Holly. Um, yeah, I thought she was I I thought she was very much doing sort of a female impersonation of Holly, and I thought it was very good. It was obviously just a female version of Holly, which I thought was very well done. Oh, that's insightful. It wasn't an opposite in quite the same way, was it? I thought it was interesting the way that they did the opposites. I mean, for me, I thought that Rimmer and Lister's opposites were were, were, were very well done. I thought, and we'll go into more, I'm sure. On, well, let's go into it now. When we've on, covered. On, on Dog, I thought that I could see that joke coming, but at the same time, that that was the joke. If there'd been a, if there'd been a boy cat and a girl cat, partly because they're cats and partly because he is the cat that we know and love. But I've had absolutely no trouble spending the rest of the episode in the cargo bay making kittens. <laughs> but that wouldn't have been funny. So Dog was funny. That mirror image, that parallel didn't didn't need to quite fit with the others. I almost felt sorry for him, to be honest, but but it was funny. It is funny. <laughs> uh, oh, no, completely, completely. Well, it's interesting how when we can't ever really have the whole, you know, in last episode, okay, you know, Holly got the last laugh, but you know, um, we 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 haven't seen. Have we seen an episode where everybody's been sort of everybody's got what they really wanted? Everyone's been happy. Holly got absolutely everything he wanted. He got to cop off with the with the um, ship's computer when they when they dimension jumped. He was happy as Larry. He was absolutely delighted. The others all had various different issues. Let's get, let's get deep. Obviously, um, comedy is cruelty isn't it really so um yes if they're happy 
the comedy is not really working, isn't it? Really. So the fact that quite a few of them are unhappy um, makes for a lot yeah. of laughs, um, and that's a, a sort of enduring rule of comedy. But let's um, let's do a, a didn't work moment then. Let's go to Matty again first. I mean, if you can find something you think didn't work for you this episode, what would that be? Um, one thing in particular probably that didn't work for me this time was um, Cat breaking the fourth wall. Yes, I've got it noted down, yeah. Yeah, I thought, Cat breaking the fourth wall, I thought, like, it wasn't completely necessary, and when it was done, it wasn't, I felt like it wasn't done right, because it's, it's never been done before, it's never been hinted upon before, and then randomly, Cat's just talking to you, breaking the fourth wall, then it goes back, and then it's like nothing's happened. It was just a very strange way of, of pursuing What did he that say? Technique. It was when he said, what's that perfume he's wearing and all that sort of stuff, when he's talking to the dog to start with. I, I didn't actually... He says he's going to eat me or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, just before he's going to make himself big again, he he looks at the camera, basically, or the audience. I mean, I, I, I wrote down Fourth Wall, and I did sort of think, as we've said before, it's very theatrical in the way it's set up, isn't it? St- and I was thinking on this episode, and when we come to our wrap-up episode, this was something I was going to talk about, was the... I want it to move on from this. We're both standing here looking at the audience uh, performing. I like that sort of performance because I love theatre, but it feels like it's sometimes a little bit static when they're doing these two-hander scenes. And yeah, so he looked at the audience or looked at the camera, didn't he? And uh, yeah, and it, it sort of, I, I don't think he hundred percent broke the fourth wall, but it was basically there. Wasn't yeah, it? and it's what they they broke one of the big rules of breaking the fourth wall which is the person who's breaking the fourth wall should always be very well lit. Um, it, it sounds strange, but if you don't, if the person who breaks fourth wall isn't very well lit, it doesn't work. It's a strange sort of thing that's always discussed through like TV and films, but he was half his face was dark. You couldn't really see. I think it's because when someone's breaking the fourth wall, it has to be made very clear that you're looking directly at them. And when they're well lit, it comes across a lot clearer. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, I, I, the, I, di- I didn't think that too much myself. I thought it was quite, he was quite clear on the camera as much as they usually are. I think sometimes they, when they film stuff in this series, they are doing it hurriedly and they don't mm. always get the, the the setting and angles right. I mean, yeah. This is one of the reasons why they do stand static some of the time is so they can point the camera at them and get it in a you know in a take. I suppose. Yeah, it was more like the the cinematography around it. Maybe I thought it was a bit strange um, to. Yeah, break fourth wall. But yeah, that's no, no. That's an inter- that is an interesting point, um, Matt. Was there anything that, anything you particularly thought did not work? Yeah, I, I'm sorry to to sort of say that, but I didn't really like the characters of Arlene, Deb, nor the dog. To be perfectly honest, there were just there were snippets of things I thought were funny, like when the dog said i'm gonna smell your behind then you can smell mine with it, you want to smell my what you know I, that i thought was really funny with the, but that was the cat i just thought the dog was really irritating and i have seen the actress that plays debbie in lots of things and i think oh yeah and angela bruce she's been in quite a few things yeah and i and it's always been, whenever i see her it's like oh it's her oh great not gonna, it's not, well, she, I, 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 I can think... name a few things. She was in Press Gang. Uh, she was in a, a Doctor Who in the 80s. Uh, she was in Only Fools and Horses in the mm. Batman Robin one, I seem to remember. She was the mayor or something in that. Yeah, I think I've seen I've, I've seen her in a few things, quite a lot of things, you know, certain bit parts, and I don't think she's a terribly great, good actress. Oh, and... I, I thought she was a right to be honest. I, I, did, I think they had a difficult task, didn't they? I mean, it, it almost... It almost 
threads into the theme of the episode is doesn't it and we're four guys sitting here and suddenly there's women playing these parts that we know and love and it's going to be hard to accept them isn't it and are we not accepting them because they are women doing it differently or just because they're different and they're not our characters that we've grown to love i'm not saying we're sitting here in a sexist way but it, it does throw an interesting thing back no, at you, doesn't it it does it does i i have to say I don't completely agree with what you've just said because Hilly was fab. Hilly was doing the female version of Holly. Yeah, I, I wasn't I necessarily saying I us, don't think I was I was saying as a as a, a a point that's interesting that could be happening in general. The problem with Arlene is that it was it was very overt. I don't think we have seen Rimmer behave quite that chauvinistically. He says things, he'll make some uncomfortable off-the-cuff comments that makes you think oh no you shouldn't really have said that or refer to women in that kind of way but the fact that Arlene kept going with it and then ended up calling him frigid I, I was like <laughs> which I love that I love that line yeah I, I did <laughs> yeah it, it made me uncomfortable oh but then that was the point I would say I mean that I mean yes yeah, she's got a hard task because the point of her character is to show his chauvinistic side isn't it so she gets all those lines dumped in one go um so there's not enough time for any nuance around that is it it's just chuck it in and well and in that I mean, case it worked yeah exactly exactly it, it was fairly uncomfortable dan you got, you got anything to add to that i'm just say i i agree i think that she had limited amount of time um and she had to be not just the opposite of rimmer but she had to be the opposite of rimmer that this particular storyline needed and i thought that you know i thought she had some good lines i thought she she played the part that she was asked and she well, was doing an impression as well yeah really well yeah yeah i think you know i i liked her calling him totty 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 and <laughs> you know if you want to keep your beer cold stick it between his legs you're absolutely right matt that we haven't seen rimmer say anything quite like that we've seen him drunk but we've not seen him on the uh, on the prowl for want of a much better word so yeah, I, you know there was a limited limited window. They knew they had seventeen hours to fix the holly hop drive. If she was going to pull, she needed to get on with it. So yeah, that that's my thought on 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 her. I thought you know Lister's double for me. What a brilliant piece of casting for a female Lister. I you know quite apart from a- anything else about her the rest of, the rest of her work, and I've also seen her in stuff. I remember seeing her in Press Gang and Doctor Who. Probably seen her in a bunch of other things as well. I just thought she was a good bit of casting. Um, I don't think I enjoyed that character as much as I enjoyed Arlene, for mine. But the, the question a little bit ago was things that didn't quite land. For me, the bit, and I had to pause it to write it down because I was like, no, I just don't like that at all. When Cat danced, yes, and they played that sped up video, I just thought that was rubbish. Yes, yeah. um, it just it it was utterly unnecessary. He could have danced. I mean, we actually know that Danny John Jules can dance, mm-hmm. so he didn't. They didn't need to do that for me. It, it's it, it jarred. I'm assuming that he did the dance, and it wasn't the plan to speed it up. And then they realised it was too long, but wanted to keep it. I mean, that that was my. Perhaps, but I yeah, think, I, I, it was a bit silly. I, I, I we, agree. We would probably all agree, even you, Matt, and I know you loved the episode. That there were, if you needed to save three seconds. There were other places to have taken it because for yeah. me that little bit just I hated it. I, I wouldn't go so far as to say I hated it, but yeah, I agree it wasn't great. And I think in general, 
contrary to what we've said for a couple of episodes, I still think at this stage they're struggling to find stuff for the cat to do a little mm-hmm. bit, especially in an episode like this. Well, when I say struggling, maybe they still don't think of him as the lead, but it felt like when it cut away to the cat and the dog, it was, oh, let's find something for them to do compared to the less, others. There was less in that relationship dynamic. There was, yeah. we didn't, with, with, with Rimmer and Lister, they're finding out things about themselves and they're finding out things about the way that they've always looked at the world, um, which, you know, to a greater or lesser extent involves, you know, male dominance and, 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 uh, and misogyny. And that's the character development in this one. With Cat, you're getting the juxtaposition between him and, and Dog, who is, who is opposite him in a number of very important ways. And Holly and Hilly are just, you know, well, they're having a great time. Thank you very much. The character development in this one was Lister and Rimmer. So that's where the focus was. And so, yeah, yeah I probably agree. Cat stuff was more, oh, we need a cat bit. And that, that's where my worst joke falls, really, I think. I mean, I, I, I do. I think the joke itself is funny. And he wants to meet a female cat and, and it's a dog. I, that in itself is a funny joke. But then it runs out of stuff to do. But and my worst joke is the spell the bath, the B-A-T-H What's that? It's all like it's so obvious, isn't it? Yeah. That that um, it's just yeah. They could they definitely could have found a better joke for that part. I think he says having not written a very successful sitcom himself. But <laughs> there were th- there were two quite similar jokes that were actually really very funny. Things start and then they develop. One of them was from Holly. Uh, Holly had a, this his eureka moment. The Earl of Sandwich invented sandwiches. Morse invented Morse code. Plato invented the plate, and that I really laughed at. And, and then what was yeah. when Holly was describing his? But you know um, it's coming, don't you? That that is one you know is coming. Yeah. But what is it he's going to say? Absolutely. Yeah. When yeah. he was talking about the Holly Hop Drive, but Arlene had something kind of similar. Uh, talking about equal rights for men, with men burning the jock straps, the the male eunuch by Jeremy Greer. Uh, Nellie Armstrong, the um, the astronaut, and uh, the kind of the works of Wil- Wilma Shakespeare. Uh, Rachel III, Taming of the Shrimp. I love the Taming of the Shrimp. Yes, <laughs> yeah, oh, brilliant. That was really funny. That's great. Because <laughs> there's, there's, and that was the thing. Go, I mean, we haven't quite finished with the sexism stuff at all, really. Because I mean, that was the thing about it. I mean, I think everything they said still, in some sense, rings true today. But there was so much. It just, it just kept coming and coming. This situation, this situation, this situation. And there's always another thing. Taking precautions, but getting put upon. It's sort of like calling them a totty, leaning in, you know, uh, saying they're sexy, they're wanting to be noticed. Sort of, oh, yeah. I mean, the, the Nellie Armstrong thing, uh, it, it, it's sort of awkward, isn't it? Because we know it was the first man on the moon, but you say who was the first man on the moon. He said who was the first person on the moon. Mm-hmm. It just sounded, sounded odd because we know that's not how it was. But it is that simple thing of we that the old the old riddle of the sort of like you know you you talk about people and the assumption is it's a man uh, when it might be a woman. Uh, I'm not explaining that very well, but there's that riddle of who's the surgeon, and that you fool people into not getting it because their assumption is the surgeon is a man rather than a woman. Look it up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but taming the shrimp I really liked. But there was also the the pink scutters. Yes. For girl and boy, which is, you know, is, is brilliant. I mean, I've always maintained, you know, one of the interesting things in life is the opposite sex. If you're heterosexual, I suppose, or even if you're not heterosexual, uh, there's still another 
another slightly different type of human you deal with on a daily basis. So you're a girl then? The pink thing, the blue thing is difficult, but yet it was used really effectively to make a joke here. Yeah. And the, the Scutter Babies were quite, were, were quite funny. Weren't they cute? Becky yeah. loved those. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I thought that the actual, the eventual climax, I just thought it was weak. And I was glad that there was continuity in, the, in as much as that they referred to the Future Echoes episode with Rimmer and the two yeah. babies. That I thought, oh, okay, that's good. But... Then Rimmer is pregnant and... I thought Matty would be really excited Lister, about that. Lister is pregnant, sorry, not Rimmer. Lister is pregnant. Um, I, didn't like, I didn't like Rimmer's miming of a caesarean. I mean, also, <laughs> I wanted to ask about this as well because when they ended it literally on pregnancy and saying, you're pregnant... Now, we're into the next series. Is he actually pregnant now or are they going to be pulling a Crichton? Wow. No spoilers. There's only one way to find out. Because so far, what, week, I, what I've known them to do is to end on something big, and then the next episode is, no, that's not happening. Anyway. No possible way you could get around that in a sci-fi comedy show. So that's it. List is pregnant. We will have children. Yeah. I'll, I'll Maybe they can do Crichton out to be um, childminder. Yeah. yeah. Get Crichton. Very good. Crichton, of course, <laughs> is a very British butler at the end of the day. He'd be very good at that type of character. Or so. is he? I'm going to talk about Crichton, but not now. I'm going to talk about Crichton the in the wrap-up episode. So if yes, you want definitely. to hear what I want I to mean, say about we, Crichton, I'll, you can listen to them. We know Matty knows that he has an American accent in the next series, so shut up, Matty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yes, it, it does. Well, t obviously, you've only got a week or so to find out if we make sure we watch next week. But, yeah, there there, there are some consequences. Uh, that's what we'll say. There are some consequences. I will say, though, while I have the opportunity, before I forget, there was a bit in that that made me laugh. A joke. Go on, that go for me, it. Was the, go on, Red! That, that made me yeah, laugh. Yeah, come on, you Red. Uh, I will say that made me laugh. Yeah. yeah. See, I mean, I, I I'm going to disagree with Matt because I, I don't think it was a weak ending. I liked the ending. I thought it was good. Dan, well, back me up. <laughs> I, oh, I I absolutely on uh, on uh, Matty's side too with the come on you red from uh, last week. It was rumor yeah. rumor when he was uh, playing drafts against the Scatters. So he's he's deploying um, he's deploying football chants. I think to great effect. No, I, it, it was a it was a good end. Where else could you go from there? I mean, you know, are the Scutters actually going to do the Caesarean? I, you know, it was better to leave on that jeopardy than it was to okay, let's go back now and 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 do what comes next. I, you know, it wasn't the first ending that they've had. You know, it was almost a, a an East Enders ending. He's pregnant. Doom, 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 doom. And you said, I don't know, but it's going to be a lot of fun finding out how right you were, Listy. It felt for me that it just ended. It was, and I was a bit sort of, oh, maybe it was what they, the only thing that they could have done, but I wanted more. I think this is the, pro well, I was going to say the problem with Red Dwarf is one of the reasons it's one of my favourite shows is because it does more than just be a sitcom where they make a few funny cracks. There, there are there are further consequences and stories and themes that we can really get our teeth into. And this episode's really proving that I, I guess um but yeah as we said before it is squeezing it into less than a half an hour to approach those we talked about it with best than life didn't we that they didn't explore that concept as much as we wanted them to um you know Crichton we think is a good character and he's absent um 
yeah, yeah, all bits and pieces. Question: um, What did Be- What did Becky think about it? She enjoyed it. She enjoyed it as much as she's enjoyed the rest of this series, and it's definitely been a step up for her this series. And and there's consistently been every episode things that she's laughed at, um, which is good in a comedy. <laughs> or she just doesn't want to upset you. Well, no, she's very good to me, but but she's never liked things just because I like them. That, that's one thing she's always stuck by. <laughs> Bless. You know, I, I watch a lot of TV on my own. <laughs> Not just the late night kind. Um, so, <laughs> well, also having earlier on said what enlightened teenagers we were, I, I'd like to retract that statement. <laughs> <laughs> no. One thing that. The, the bother me you may just say it's just a red draw it's, it's a comedy so I don't think too much about it it's probably going to be one of those points but you know of course they're there and they say that's how he gets pregnant because he's in that universe where the males get pregnant so that happens to him you could very well possibly be up the duff laddie so when he goes back to his universe how come he's still pregnant because surely you then follow the rules of the current universe you're in and he's no longer pregnant Yes, I think there's a, there's a hell of a lot of hand-waving to do, uh, yeah. generally, and even more so in this episode. So, yeah, in that sense, if you're talking about the science of it, we're not going to get very far. The, yeah. the holly hop drive itself with its two buttons. Um, <laughs> and even even within the context of that, it's like, we need to go now or we'll never get back. Why? Yeah, that's very <laughs> that's true, actually. Really yeah, so there's, there's no... I mean, they're, they're pretty quick explanations, which we should be used to by now and we'd better continue being used to i'd say knowing what's going coming up going forward we, this is this and that happens i think we need a section of the podcast of science that actually doesn't make sense but hey it's red dwarf careful give me the larger section careful. the larger section careful you know how he's reacted to your opinions on this episode already <laughs> no 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 and that, that but that's a, totally there'll be a totally nail valid. bomb in the it, post it's, it's about ideas isn't it and then it doesn't matter if it's going to work or not, and they've got to get from A to B somehow. And that's true in most science fiction, whether it's serious or not. Well, it's funny things that like um, that have kept popping up, especially in this series, of things that emulate the technology that's around to today with the sort of smartwatch thing that, that Lister has got to talk to Holly on and, and stuff. And referring to the, what was it, um, Peterson's smart shoes, and mm. it was just stuff like that, I kind of think, yeah, well, that's kind of entirely possible these days. And, uh, you know, w- watching it sort of 32 years later, it's um, now a kind of reality. Mm. But when you watch any science fiction, you have to bear in mind when it was made and what it was trying to say about the time it was made in, because generally that's what science fiction does, isn't it? Even more so Red Wolf, as we've said before. It's a sitcom that's set now, but in space three million years in the future. Yeah, because when they're talking about sexual politics of the 80s, I mean, it's, it's irrelevant. Surely it's irrelevant to uh, you know, however far Red Dwarf is set in. Mm, true. So so it is, it is difficult when we talk about anything like this because we have to put something aside to be able to talk about one thing and then oh, but it's one big mess, and which is why it's interesting, I suppose. Right, we've definitely covered theme of the week. We probably don't need to go on too much about sexism and misogyny anymore unless it really is relevant, I would say. Um, no, I believe as four men, people, we've sorted it now. We've sorted out us four white oh. middle-aged men. We yeah. have got it sorted. Sexism. <laughs> Tick. <laughs> Hashtag what next? Bring it on. Oh, <laughs> but, I mean, there were interesting things, actually. 
I, I just said that and I'm going to break my rule straight away because I looked at a note. The fact that Lister was sitting there knitting, knitting, at the start. but there's mahoosive yeah. um, knitting pins. Yeah, that would bring. There was two things that brought back childhood memories: those knitting pins because my sister used to have them, and I remember she clouted me across the head with one once. <laughs> I don't know what I what I'd done to deserve that. I'd probably I'd probably talked while Duran Duran was on the telly or something, and. Um, the other thing was is that um, they mentioned um, when they first went into the parallel universe about it being the fifth dimension, the fifth dimension, and <laughs> baby, I want your love thing. <laughs> um, yes, baby, and I was like, oh my god, my parents had an LP by the fifth dimension because obviously they did the, their very famous song was the uh, medley of Aquarius and Let the Sunshine I, I imagine in. it was sitting next to the Helen Shapiro album, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, and Phil Spector's <laughs> Christmas album, which we all, also mentioned recently. <laughs> yeah, um, and I actually then had a childhood flashback of me and my sister dancing around the living room to uh, Aquarius and Let the Sunshine In. And she did the Aquarius bit and I did the Let the, Let the Sunshine In bit. And uh, yes. Okay, next topic... No, I mean, as we as I put a topic to rest, I, I think about something else. But even little things like the funny jokes of Holly having lipstick on his face is very suggestive of the difference between men and women wearing makeup, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Boring, boring. That, Let's move on. Well, but that was almost Benny Hill, wasn't it? But it did give rise to my favourite line, and I'm jumping in. My favourite line: "What's that on your face? What face? What face?" I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, hang on, I, I think I can see Matty smiling. It's Holly. Holly's funny. Ma Matty, I mean, ha having sit now we've sat and discussed this for however long we've discussed it for. How how are you feeling about the episode? <laughs> I just say you liked it. Liked it. Great. Brilliant. No, no. I, I mean, I want your. Um, proper opinion on it but because lie, you know, we, if, we're, if we're if we're sitting talking about it there's a reason to sit and talk about it isn't there really and you know um i would hope whenever we sit and talk about something we come we come away with something else after chatting about it and and hopefully the uh millions of subscribers also ponder <laughs> for a while i i will still stand by yes there are lots of lines now and the more we talk about it and the more i think oh no that bit did make me laugh to you fair that bit did make me laugh I definitely stand by this. Definitely my most disliked episode of the series. Say what, goalpost head? Yeah, I would say, yeah, of course there were parts I didn't really enjoy. I can definitely see the funny parts. I, I'm remembering more and more funny parts were getting along. Um, but as I say, there's more funny bits than I thought when maybe, I first watched it. Maybe. I mean, I'd, I'd done all my best nose jokes. No cheap shots. <laughs> oh, oh, tastefully done. <laughs> Quality metal, no rivets. Maybe if Tongue Tide hadn't been the first thing I thought was so brilliant, I would have liked the episode more, apart from the things that I've said. But it's just the fact that it started so epically that everything else seemed to be a little bit underwhelming afterwards. So, so how many times did you guys watch it, watch the show? I've only once. watched it once. I've had the so both had watched chance it once, to watch it. Yeah. I mean, I mean any given show, if it's put out on television, most people watch once. Fair enough. I, I always maintain with things that I like that is, it is always valid to give it a second watch because you always find out something new. I mean, it might solidify what you hate about it, but, but it, you know, 
one, one thing I'll definitely say about this, and one thing I definitely thought, was I think maybe, I know we all joke about, like, different ages, of course, you watched it, you guys watched it when it first came out, whereas I'm watching it on Netflix now. Mm, I think, yeah. definitely, I think the era of which it was aired to modern days probably, I think, definitely affects how I see it. Because I think when you all would have watched it when it first aired, um, it would have had probably a very different effect to the effect it has now. Because I yeah, are, you to- it- are you talking about the theme here or just Red Dwarf in I, No, I'd say the theme, especially to this one. I'd say, which is probably the reason why I probably dislike it the most. Because the thing is, uh, I'm 30 years old. I'm brought up every day. You look on the news. There's rallies going on. There's a big feminist movement going on all the time. There's lots of movements going on. And I think it's almost drilled into me in a way to not like these things and to be against these things. So I think when I first watch it, it immediately takes a big part of that enjoyment away because I've been brought up in a world where it's become such a big, heavy thing. In in, in sympathy with, with, with Matty there, we did watch it at a time um, and and when all that was relatively new. And, and I think one of the thoughts that I had was I've, I've seen this point made many other times. The yes. reality is I've probably seen that point made since that was the first well, I time. I think that was my original point when we started the podcast was, you know, how relevant was it then? Uh, what, what do we feel about the subject now, etc.? Because it's, it is ongoing, but yes, it is. It's not an original thing to say, but it still needs to be said yes sadly it it, sadly it does but at the same time i guess there have been more nuanced ways of of, um of 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 doing it since um and and matty's seen those and then this as opposed to that first exactly yeah yeah yeah, and 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 i don't know where we'll be in the editing at this stage but but um yeah one thing i think is is interesting for for guys like us our age is you know the era we were growing up in was you know coming out of a sexist racist uh, era of inequality wasn't it really things were getting better but they were well behind what they are now and and we're products of that time and and, you know one of the reasons I'm friends with you guys is we, we are more enlightened than what we used to be probably when we were younger but we've had to go through that shift ourselves haven't we you know uh, it's I true we, 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 we look have. back and, and and notice how we've changed over the years and i'm sure this thing I, i'm not a saint by any stretch of the imagination but you you strive to be better than we were i mean the th- i can because i'm i'm just a little bit older than 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 uh, than you matt and dan i can remember programs like in ain't half hot mom and um oh yeah we used to watch that and mind your language that were just very racially stereotypical i mean uh, you know you watch that back now if you can because i don't think they can ever be shown again it's really uncomfortable and when stuff like the uh carry on films and and um benny hill was referred to as sort of like bald bawdy fun yeah, fun for who? Fun for a dirty old man, but not fun for the kind of, you know, the busty dolly bird that's being chased and slapped around the arse, you know? Yeah, well, we're cross-pollinating here, aren't we? I mean, I'm sure some people who listen to this 
podcast, listened to our other podcast, and we talked about this recently, didn't we, with with pantomime and what's appropriate on stage. So yeah, we're we're, yeah. we're getting uh, getting our ideas crossing over here. But anyway, this is getting this is getting rather interesting, but but heavy. So and let's, let's uh, move well. on. Let, let's move on. Should we should we agree to move on from that? Yes. Yes. Agreed. Cool. Okay, Dan, give us another funny. One of my favourite lines, and it wasn't necessarily particularly funny, but it's after Rimmer has given him the worm do line, and he said, "You couldn't pull a rotten tooth out of a dead horse's head with that one." And I just, I, I like the way, I like the way that was put together. Um, so yeah, like that one. And final Matt. one, final one from me was was immediately before the really weird and not very good fa- um, speed dancing thing was the. Um, Dog asking the cat, uh, "Do you do you dance?" And cat and cat says, "Do I dance? Does Carmen Miranda wear fruit?" Matty, <laughs> I was literally just going through my notes because I was thinking, "Do you know what? Matt's gonna ask me for another line that he said that I like." <laughs> He's gonna try and drag out of his mouth. Um, yes, I've got one. Uh, one of you, a man or a munchkin? I'm off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. <laughs> <Yeah>, <laughs> We go. And I'm I'm going to um, nominate up the dove, laddie. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, this has been a quite a ride this week. I think. I mean, uh, not only have we had disagreeing opinions, we've had a very heavy subject to talk about. So so hopefully it would have been of interest to listen to. If it wasn't, they've probably turned off by now. So it... <laughs> if you're still it's probably listening, time. well done. Give yourself it's a gold probably, star. <laughs> it's probably time for us to uh, move on uh, on our merry way now. So, so we'll wrap up there, shall we? So, um, I'll say good goodbye from me, Matthew. Goodbye from me, Matt. I'm off to have a worm do from me, Matty. Cheery bye from Dan. Excuse me, would you like to join me for a cocktail? No. Is it a wuss? Is it a wuss? Is it a wuss?